why do some mourners find their faith boosted while others struggle with their faith? Welcome to the Transformative Duff. My name is Rabbi Daniel Friedman. Today we are on page 69 of Tractate Subas, and we learn that regardless of a mourner's response to tragedy, we treat them with reverence and awe. Welcome to the Transformative Duff, and thank you for being my Chavrusa today. I like to begin with a story. Rav Anan once sent the following letter to Rav Huna. Huna, our friend, we wish you peace. When this woman bearing this letter comes before you, provide her one-tenth of her father's estate. Rav Huna opens the letter and reads it in the presence of Rav Sheshas, his disciple. Rav Huna then says to him, Go and give the following response to Rav Anan. Sensing that Rav Sheshas would be hesitant to relay the sharp language of the reply, Rav Huna then warns him, And whoever does not say to him my exact words shall be excommunicated. Here's what I want you to tell him, says Rav Huna. Anan, anan, should the one-tenth be provided from real estate or from movable property? And incidentally, tell me, who sits at the head in the house of a marzecha? Alf Rav Sheshis goes to see Rav Anan and he gently relays the message to him. My master is a teacher, but Rav Huna is the teacher of the teacher. Moreover, he readily excommunicates whoever does not convey his exact message. Thus, were it not for the fact that he would excommunicate me, I would not repeat his words. Anan, anan, should the one-tenth be provided from real estate or from movable property? And incidentally, tell me, who sits at the head in the house of a Marzecha? Rav Anan approaches Marukva to consult with him about Rav Huna's reply. He says to him, Let the master see how Rav Huna sent me an offensive message addressing me as Anan, anan. And what's he talking about this business with a Marzecha? I've never heard of the word. My dear friend, please tell me, Marukva responds, how did this matter unfold? Ravanan replies, here's what happened. And Ravanan proceeds to share the details with Marukva. Marukva listens carefully and then says, I hear you. But tell me, a man who does not even know what Marzecha is has the audacity to write a letter to Rav Huna addressing him as Huna, our friend? Let's look at today's Gemara. What is a Marzecha? A mourner. As it is written, for so says the Lord, enter not into the house of mourning, Marzeach. Rabbi Avol said, From where is it derived that a mourner sits at the head? As it is stated, I chose out their way and sat as chief and dwelled as a king in the army, as one would comfort Yenachem the mourners. But the word Yenachem implies comforting others and not the mourner being comforted. Rav Nachman Ba Yitzchak said, Read it as if it were written, would be comforted, Yenachem. Mausutra said, derive the custom from here, and the revelry, Mirzach, of those who stretch themselves, shall pass away, Sar. The word Mirzach may be read as two words, bitter and flustered, Marzach. And the word Sar has a homonym that means ruler. One who is bitter and flustered, i.e. the mourner, is made the ruler of those who sit, i.e. he sits at the head. Let's analyze the Gemara. Let me tell you about my friend Moshe. He grew up in a traditional Israeli family. After the army, like many Israelis, he hopped on a plane and set off to see the world. Sadly, whatever Jewish observance that had not dissipated while he was in the army quickly vanished during his travels. He ended up meeting a very nice, but completely non-observant Jewish girl in Canada that he married. One day, he received the sad news that his father had passed on. Unfortunately, he couldn't make it to Israel in time for the funeral, and so he ended up sitting Shiva at home in Canada. During the Shiva period, Moshe became a whole new person. 
the ritual gave him a week-long period of introspection and contemplating the temporary nature of life on this earth spurred him on to recommit to keeping Shabbos and maintaining a kosher home. Why does the mourner sit at the head? Because at that moment he is at the most intense moment of spiritual connection in this world. Mourning the loss of a loved one is like holding the loved one's hand as he crosses over from this world into the next. At that brink, one experiences the most powerful challenge. How do I continue alone without my dear one? Where do I go from here? What is the meaning of this immense change in my life? What is the meaning of our short time on earth? That's why we encounter vastly different reactions to the, to the death of a loved one. Some people undergo a metamorphosis and conclude that life is incredibly short and temporary. At that intense moment, they decide to rededicate themselves to heaven and pledge to redouble their efforts for Torah and mitzvahs. That's what happened to my friend Moshe. But that's not always the case. The loss of a loved one, especially if it was unexpected, can be extremely challenging. Many mourners will struggle with their faith on the brink. Nevertheless, every mourner sits at the head. We hold them in the utmost esteem as they find themselves at that intense spiritual point so close to heaven. We don't judge. We simply sit in reverence and awe and try to share in their loss by providing consolation and simply being there during their time of need. Nobody looks forward to a tragedy in their life. We hope that life will be as pain-free as possible. But loss and mourning are a part of life. When a loved one passes away, you are the closest you can be on this earth to heaven. Your purpose in life is to take those moments and develop your soul mightier and stronger. It's not an easy time for any mourner. But as difficult as it may be, our mission at that moment is to channel our faith and become closer to the divine, carrying it through the ensuing days and years of our lives. Why didn't Rav Anan know the meaning of the word Marzecha and why did Rav Hun use that particular word to test him? As the verses from the prophets demonstrate, the word can mean a mourner, but it is also related to the word for revelry. The passing of the righteous from this world to the next is a bewildering period. On the one hand, we believe that our loved one is in a better place. On the other hand, for those who remain here in this world, the loss is indescribable. How do we explain those two concomitant beliefs and feelings? Only someone on the level of Rav Hunuk could reconcile the intense spiritual moment. Perhaps his remark to Ravanan meant to say, before you start trying to figure out how much inheritance this woman is entitled to, a good rabbi and spiritual guide will feel her pain and help her transition through this overwhelming physical and spiritual ordeal. Once you've truly understood the dichotomy and confusion of the Marzecha, then we can discuss halachic matters as equals. Shiva is an extreme moment of intense spirituality. When you find yourself on the brink, carry that moment into the rest of your life. And if you're visiting a mourner, seat him at the head and revere him for the deep spiritual experience that he is undergoing. May you maximize your short time on earth and be sensitive and understanding to all, wishing you a transformative day. Thank you for tuning into the Transformative Duff Podcast with Rabbi Daniel Friedman. Whether you've been doing Duff Yomi for years or you're not quite ready to commit but want to be part of the Duff Yomi global movement, there's something in the Transformative Duff for everyone. It's about joining the conversation. It's about talking over the Duff with your family, your friends, your colleagues. It means never being short of a discussion starter or a meaningful Dvar Torah. Every page of the Gemara, every word, every letter 
contains the secrets of the universe, to achieving a life of simcha and purpose, transform your life today. The Transformative Daf is published by Mosaic Press and available at all good Jewish bookstores and online from mosaicopress.com. Thank you, The Transformative Daf. Yeah.